All right. Good morning, everyone. I hope y'all are having an awesome week. Aside from Monday, I know I have. And even on Monday, there was still some light in the darkness. One light was the lesson learned. Don't force risky dumb trades. I'm already putting it into practice this week, and my trading has just been taken to another level. You'll hear in the next episode how I'm doing. Um, this is kind of a bonus, and I'm focused on other things in this episode. The other light is Adri. She has pulled me through so much, and I don't know... I know I wouldn't have made it through this without her. So, get you a good woman, or a significant other, that supports you like she supports me. Because it will be the best decision you've ever made. I, I know... Adri is the best decision that I have ever made and ever will make. Um, so yeah, sorry for my voice today. I've been feeling kind of sick. Um, I was the butcher the past two days, and I haven't been in the butcher in months, so my body wasn't quite used to being in 35 degrees Fahrenheit all day. Um, so yeah, so something happened Wednesday that I wasn't expecting um, which was yesterday. This isn't directly goal-related, but I believe it's relevant because it has been affecting my mental health and thought process and how I approach training in a way. And I also think there's some philosophy to be had here, which I would like to share with y'all for your lives. I won't go any, I won't go through any weekly achievements or plans or anything else in this episode. This is just more of a bonus peek into my mind and how things are going for me. So for context, as a gaucho, I am involved in every step of the meat service at Brazilian Steakhouse, starting with butchering the raw meats as they come in, seasoning them, skewering them, cooking, and walking around the dining room serving the meat directly to the guests' plates. So um, the gaucho's job is pretty wholly inclusive. Most of the gaucho team... Like all the new guys, they just cook and serve the meat that they are assigned. Some of the more experienced gauchos are the ones that go back to the butcher room and prepare and skewer all the meats. Tuesday and Wednesday, I was the gaucho assigned to the butcher room. It was kind of a hectic week because Wednesday, the director of all fogos in the eastern half of the United States was visiting, and he is a really hard man to please. <laughs> so everyone was working really hard to prepare for him, especially the managers. So Tuesday, I butchered for 400 guests, and I filled up a pretty cool part of our restaurant, which is called The Butchery. It's a glass-walled... It's a room with glass-walled dry-aging cabinets that guests can look at and admire. So those meat cuts have to be beautiful, which takes a lot of time. Um, so I did that and butchered for 400 guests with the help of one of the gauchos for an hour or two. Um, then on Wednesday, the guy was here. <laughs> he arrived way earlier than expected in the morning, and he shredded our managers. <laughs> it was not pretty. <laughs> um, it was mostly the salad bar and the kitchen, though. Um, he did. He only had one critique of my butchery. The, he just said that the picanha was oddly placed. <laughs> I will admit, I kind of winged it and did like this little artistic 
um, weird sculpt, like not sculpture, but like structure. I don't know. I kind of stacked it in a weird way. Just, I don't know. Um, so I, I earned that. And two flat ribeye steaks. Um, the ribeye steaks are supposed to be standing up so that people can see them. But these two steaks just did not want to stand up, um, no matter what I did. And so I just laid them neatly on their sides um, instead of having them stand up. But not bad. <laughs> Those were the only things he said about my performance. But here's the main thing that happened that ignited my thoughts. Our regional manager was here to help as well. He used to be the manager of the restaurant, but he got promoted. This manager never raised his voice ever. He was straight and blunt, so he gave criticism where it was due, but he also gave credit and compliments where it was due. Um, sometimes frustratingly, he was always right. So I have a lot of respect for this manager. I'm sad he was promoted, but he earned it for sure. We haven't seen each other in months. He's rarely at the restaurant anymore because of his position. So I was in the butcher room doing my thing, and he comes in and he gives me a critique on some chicken and bacon skewers. I was putting too many pieces on each skewer for the Eastern director's taste. Um, because the director says, like, everything needs to be really fresh. If things are sitting on the grill for too long, you know, it doesn't, uh, it's not fresh. And he's right. Um, but then the regional manager, he stops and looks at the job I'm doing. He hasn't seen me butcher in a long time. Uh, I've gotten a lot better since the last time I was in the butcher. And he just stops and looks and says, man, those cuts are beautiful, Sean. Let me take a picture. And then he takes a picture and smiles. And man, like, that just moved me. Anyone here who is a blue-collar worker knows how hard life can be in a job like this and how infrequent real compliments are. And recently, ever since he left, we had another employee who got promoted to back-of-house manager, which is unfortunately my direct superior. And this guy is the complete opposite. He always yells, he never gives com compliments, always criticizes, and never shows me any respect. <laughs> I won't get into the details, but I've always gone the extra mile for the restaurant and happily taken on extra responsibility because that's just who I am. But ever since he got promoted, he's actually scolded me, sometimes at high volume, for those exact things. Even before he got promoted, he butt heads with me for some decisions he thought I shouldn't be the one making. We went for about half a year without a back-of-house manager, and the back-of-house manager we had when the restaurant opened, he wasn't exactly doing all of the managing stuff. He had really good knowledge of every single back-of-the-house position, but all he did was help out in each of these positions. He didn't delegate or lead or do the schedule or anything like that like he was basically just a jack-of-all-trades kind of person and so I happily took it on myself at least to lead the gaucho team and I received almost nothing but positive feedback from the gauchos themselves and even the servers which is really hard to do because gaucho server dynamics usually come with some friction the servers have to ask the gauchos for specific cuts and sometimes it takes longer um, then it should, or the gauchos feel like the servers are being really um, buggy, you know. I voiced my issues with the back of the house manager to 
the regional manager when he was still the restaurant manager so a while ago and I voiced my issues as well to the new restaurant manager but none of them have neither of them have done anything and they've kind of taken his side even so for the past month or two I've been feeling really unmotivated and suffocated at work <laughs> and I've been losing my desire to do extra which is such a core part of me and here this is where it all relates to my goals. I've been getting desperate to make trading take off so I can leave this job and trade full time. That way I get to see my loving and beautiful girlfriend all the time and visit my family and friends more so I can be surrounded by happiness and support and live my dream. This is probably a factor, one of the main factors that led to my desperate trade on Monday. This. Um, this one guy that I have to directly report to has been messing with my mental health. The only reason I haven't really made a bigger issue is that I don't intend to stay at the restaurant for long, so I feel it's not my place to get him transferred, demoted, or fired, and then me leave and screw over the other managers who have to pick up his workload. I still respect the other managers, and I don't want to cause them pain, because they work hard and they respect me. But I do think I'm going to raise an, is an issue tastefully again because it really is becoming unbearable. And Wednesday, being complimented shined such a bright light on my mental state because I realized just how much I've been starved of positive reinforcement. <laughs> so, that's what happened on Wednesday. I do realize that this episode does kind of feel like some venting, but I do feel it's important for everyone listening to be able to see inside my mind and see my mental state, um, see the thoughts that are going through my head as I go on this journey, um, because I'm, I'm a normal guy, you know? It may seem like I'm just going through all these achievements effortlessly and stoically making it through all these lessons with nothing else going on in my life. Um, but I am a normal guy. <laughs> I do work. Things happen to me at work. I interact with people. That sounds like a freaking robot. <laughs> do Am I an alien? No, I'm kidding. Um, but I don't know. I'm a normal guy. I have a normal life. And things do take a toll on me mentally. Um, the losses especially, but also my work environment. And um, I want to share with you how I am working through it. So maybe if you're facing a similar situation in your life, you can use what I have learned maybe and or, or not even just knowing that someone is going through something hard like this. You know, it can help you make it through as well. Even if you don't use any lessons that I've learned, you can learn your own lessons and you can just see that, you know, it's possible to become great even if you're facing something like this. So yeah, just know I am not a superhero and I'm going through the same thing that a lot of you are going through, but I just want to inspire you that even with this, like I'm still finding ways to improve myself and, and work on my goals every single day. As for the philosophy, I have a lot of experience being a leader. When I was a teenager, I was a leader for two years in Boy Scouts. I was a senior patrol leader and an Eagle Scout. And also during that time, 
um, actually a little bit after that. I was a leader for half a year in the kitchen at a barbecue place in the Raffles. I started as a dishwasher and I got promoted to the linesman um, who is basically in charge of the kitchen and refilling food. When I was in college at UTSA, I was in charge of conditioning and running outside of practice. The coaches thought that I was doing such a good job keeping myself in shape and I was doing also a good job talking to the team members and so they asked me to run conditioning. And then I was captain of the whole team for my senior year. My previous job, I was promoted to lead Gaucho within three months of being hired and I led the team for nine months. I was not without my flaws then. Um, the team was extremely small and I do, looking back now, I do realize I thought I was smarter than I am. <laughs> um, and I kind of resisted some things that my managers were telling me because uh, I felt like I knew it better, but I didn't. Um, and I really appreciate what they were telling me back then. And I use what they told me now. So I'm not without my flaws as a leader. But also here at Fogo, I was promoted to PIC about six months ago, I think. And in, in my experience, teams and coworkers have a better performance when you, the leader, find out what kind of communication they respond best to and use it. This takes a lot of thought and effort because everyone is different. Every single person on your team responds to different kinds of communication. Some people are closed-minded and take advantage of kindness, so you have to put your foot down with them and you have to be rough. Uh, show them through physical proof that they need to do something differently. And what I mean by that is show them the way you do it and why it works and show them why it doesn't work the way they do it. Other people, and I would say the majority, need more positive feedback and reinforcement. Ask them politely if you can show them a way to do it, and then compliment them when they perform well. Other people, sometimes all you have to do is tell them what needs to be done, and they're smart enough to figure out a new way to do it that works. And sometimes you just have to be okay with that. It may not be the way you like it done, but if it gets done well and doesn't harm anyone or anything else, what does it matter what the method is? So you, as the leader, and even as a coworker, and in relationships too. If you want to bring the best out of yourself, your coworkers, especially those under you, be the most open-minded one. You will have to work hard sometimes to fix mistakes and pick up slack, but the team will be so much better for it and you get to earn the experience and advanced hardworking and critical thinking skills that will propel you so much further in your life than if you are unwilling to change and adapt to other people. I think Michael Franti and Spearhead says it best, always be humble and kind. <laughs> uh, I really love Michael Franti and Spearhead. If you don't know them already, check them out. They have so many upbeat, positive songs that I listen to all the time. Um, but yeah, just be humble and kind, be open-minded, and listen to those that are following you. Alrighty, y'all. That's it for this episode. As you strive towards your Goliath, remember to be humble and kind. Don't use people as stones to step on. 
If someone is in your way, figure out how to go around them. And if you're really good, help them on their way. The world can use all the kindness and selflessness it can get. So be the inspirational light that motivates others to follow your example. And who knows? You might end up with a team or an army that can help you one step at a time, one day at a time. Conquer your Goliath.